Uh, hey, this is CJ from Jeb Bush for President.com, and who the heck is this Dollar Hyde guy? Dollar Moore. Sorry, did I say Dollar Hyde? The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Wait for it. Wait for it. Welcome to episode 355 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, scratchy voiced and all, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, lovely, talented, scholarly co-host, Brittany Page. It's better than it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's still... I I, I happened upon our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hear that? I happened upon our neighbor out walking with his son. I almost said walking his son. <laughs> we love... We have a rambunctious little, like, two-year-old neighbor. Uh-huh. And we love that kid. Yes. And we... I saw him out there... And I hadn't spoken for several hours mm-hmm. when I when they when when I saw them. And I ran out and was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, there's my voice. It's it's kind of back." Nice. And then, like a minute in to talking to them, it started going downhill. Yeah. So it I, I don't know how this is gonna go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, certainly better than it was yesterday. And do you think that the airplane is to blame? I don't know. I mean, I was I wasn't feeling well. I was after Ill, the flight. Yeah, I was ill enough to take uh, Nyquil, mm-hmm. which I don't like to take mm-hmm. because I'm a baby, and it doesn't taste good. Yeah. But so I was ill enough to take Nyquil. Um, kind of just generally malazy. You weren't feeling great either. Yeah, but my body is a champion. Yeah, you you and <laughs> that is true. I fought it off. Yeah, immediately. You you have the the invisible inner workings of an immune system that I apparently do not do not have. Which is interesting because I have some germaphobe tendencies. I won't say that I'm full on germaphobe, uh, Howard Hughes level, but I do have some <laughs> tendencies. For example, I got on the plane and I saw this woman. She had uh, wet ones, those antibacterial wipes, which I don't think are used for surfaces. I think they're for hands. But she was using it to wipe down her entire plane, her, the seat on the plane. Yeah, yeah. And she was cleaning the entire seat well, with ex- wet ones wipes. Explain how dramatic it was because she hadn't even like, it's when everybody's filing onto the, everybody's waiting for you to put your bags up. She took the time. Yeah, she was in the way. Doing to, this to wipe off her seat while everybody waited to find their seat. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I mean, that's it, that's a commitment. It smelled really to nice. the eradication of germs. It was kind of a nice change because it smelled great on the plane. But but she gave me an idea. I thought, oh, is this socially acceptable? Maybe I'll, I'll start doing this. It is not. I won't start doing it. I won't because I'm not that bad. But I do believe that you know I don't touch the tray table. I don't, I hold my drink. I'm not touching well, you, everything. You, we've been told by a friend of yours. Yeah, this is not going to go well. This voice is, it's not holding up. <clears throat> you, you've been told by a friend of yours who is a flight attendant mm-hmm. that 
They never get clean. They don't get clean. People no. change babies' diapers on those fucking tray tables. Yep. It's not a good scene. No. So if you are putting your hands all over that and then touching your eye or can, picking your nose. Can I tell you that at least one of my peanuts dropped on that thing and... Well, there you go. Maybe that's why I that's got That's why sick. you are infected right now. I have baby poop in my mouth. That's... <laughs> that sounds like what happens. Yeah. We've, we've gotten to the bottom of the mystery. Problem solved. I had a baby... Poop in my mouth on a plane. Well, on the peanut, and then you put the peanut in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it, it was a it was a good trip. Mm-hmm. All in all, we we did go back to celebrate the life of a friend of mine who died in the fires in Santa Rosa, the tragic fires in Santa Rosa, and uh, it was nice. It was nice to remember him amongst friends who also knew him. Got to meet some of his family I'd never met. Got to meet some of his friends. That I'd never met because I I knew him in Boise and then uh, a lot, he moved on to Santa Rosa to South, Northern California and uh, you know he's he's one of those characters that just accumulated a, an entirely new tremendously loyal group of friends everywhere he went and uh, it was it was a very good time so had some some revelry had some drinks and and uh, generally just just celebrated. Celebrated Mike Grabo. So it's also nice going back to Boise for the weather. I I hate weather talk, but we got off the plane. It was 37 degrees and uh, woohoo. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I was walking everywhere without a jacket and I felt like I probably needed a jacket, but I wanted to immerse myself in the yeah. cold and take full advantage before I came back and uh, was in the 80-degree weather when and it's almost Thanksgiving. If you ever have a chance to go travel to Boise and hang out there, it, it is it is a cool city. Um, you know, the day the day before I got my hair cut, or maybe it was the day of that we left, and, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, we're, I'm, I'm flying to Boise. He goes, oh, that doesn't sound like a good time. That, that's what she said to me. Yeah. Well, I think people don't know where it is. And Especially here. They think it's in the Midwest. Yeah. And, and then when you say it's in Idaho, people think of Idaho as just this rural potato farm. Like the entire state is just a farm. And as soon as yeah. you get off the plane, you're in like a dirt field. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's not what it's like. Yeah. And it, it's grown, too. Um, they, they have a Trader Joe's now, and they have a Whole wow. Foods. You're making it sound real enticing. Yeah. Uh, they have all this amazing stuff. Very good uh, breweries and restaurants. It's, I mean, it's a full-on city, Boise is. Yeah. so. This podcast brought to you by Boise, Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> so... We are back. I'm going to we're going to we're going to do the show. We're not going to do a bunch of news. What we're going to do is take a bunch of listener calls and listener emails cuz there is a lot that we need to cover relative to listener communication. And I have one topic set aside just in case it's not uh, a full enough episode. But then we will come back later this week. I guess that would mean tomorrow cuz since it's Thursday. Mhm. And and cover some of the news that we haven't yet or or won't. I do want to say before we move on that I appreciate the audience uh, cutting us some slack and always giving us the uh, <laughs> benefit of the doubt that we we will make it up to you. You know, sometimes these things come up. Uh, Jesse gets sick. 
constantly and uh, loses his voice or things happen and we aren't able to do the show and we always come back. We always do those two episodes a week, even if it might not be on the typical schedule. And so we just appreciate your patience um, and appreciate your really nice comments that you've been sending to Jesse about uh, Mike and also about uh, his voice, which was very funny. So thank you. Yeah, there were some funny ones on uh, on Twitter. Want me to sing the Cinderella song? The, the, the where the little rats sing Cinderella song. Mm-hmm. Cinderella. Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were with with now we were Drew yesterday, and <laughs> why were you? Why were you hesitating? Well, because it it, 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 it it spurs me to want to talk about what we're doing. Oh. And I'm not going to do that yet. And now here we are talking okay. about okay. it. Okay, well. So anyway, I could have just let me do what I was doing. That would have been great. Well. So anyway, we start talking about that. I played the, the video from the tweet. And then Drew... Started singing the song, yeah, the goddamn Cinderella, Cinderella song. Yeah, the whole song. Yeah, he knew I the whole had song. Turned off the video, and he continued to sing the goddamn song. Yeah, well, because it's not just Cinderella, Cinderella. There are other lyrics, and I he don't knew kn- them. Yeah, I don't know the other lyrics. Yeah, it's like mop and sew and clean and whatever. I think that's part of it. I right? don't. I have no memory of it. He was dancing around too, like a maniac. <laughs> Don't get people excited. They're going to want <laughs> him to perform this and have it on YouTube. So let's 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 move on with some emails and some voicemails. Let's start with an email. Dear Jesse and Brittany, Donald Trump is so self-involved and arrogant, it's nauseating. You would think as the acting chief diplomat of the United States, he would be understanding that if an American citizen gets detained in a foreign country, rightly or wrongly, that you're supposed to appeal to the foreign nation to try and bring your citizen home. To his credit, he did as much in the recent high-profile Lee Angelo Ball slash China shoplifting saga, intervening personally with the president of China to ask that Ball and his teammates be allowed to go home, but he couldn't just come downplay the accomplishment and go on about his business. No, he had to publicly declare that he wants to be given credit for what he did, and he doubted that he would get the credit he deserves. What a contrast in character between him and his predecessor. One of my biggest gripes with Obama was that until the very end, he always passed at the opportunity to dote on himself, the accomplishments that him and his administration saw pass under his leadership. I won't even ask you if you believe Obama would have asked for credit if he helped orchestrate the possible release of American citizens in foreign countries, because I'm goddamn sure I already know the answer to that. Feel better soon, Jesse. Love always to Brittany P. Wow, love John, always to Brittany P. John from Cincinnati. So this also happened, and I think this happened in the in the interim, in between the time that John emailed us. D- Donald Trump tweeted, to the three UCLA basketball players, I say, you're welcome. Go out and give a big thank you to President Xi Jinping of China, who made your release possible, and, and now in all caps, have a great life, exclamation point. Be careful. There are many pitfalls on the long and winding road of life. Uh, thanks. What? Look, 
You're president of the United States. If anyone is in a position to help them out of the jam that they got themselves in by shoplifting in China, it's you. We know that you probably aided in this. You don't, Be humble. There's something about humility, especially in someone who has the power. I, I don't know. I, I agree. I agree with John. It is... It is it, tasteless well it's i don't know how something tasteless can put a bad taste in your mouth but that is what's happening (laughs) well what he said at the beginning so self-involved and arrogant it's nauseating Mm -hmm. yeah he's just like an insecure child and we talk about this all the time and so it gets kind of we're just saying the same thing over and over again and it's not changing and that gets frustrating but we knew this going in and so i think that if if we're going to take anything away from this it's to listen to what someone is telling us before we go in and vote for them and ultimately what happened was people hated hillary clinton so much they couldn't not vote for the insecure child that is now in office yeah um did i say that right couldn't not couldn't not vote for him. yeah that's right then they voted yeah so anyway i'm um, not editing out all these clear the throat clearings either this is raw Good times for the audience. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, I forgot where I was going with what I was saying. So. No, Hillary Clinton. People, they despised her so much they couldn't uh, stop themselves <laughs> yeah, so it just from con- voting for him. It just continues. Despite his arrogance. It continues to get worse and it continues to get more embarrassing. And with no one saying anything, no one in power in the Republican yeah. Party saying anything or making comments about it and how it needs to stop. Even if they did, he wouldn't care. So, I mean, we're just kind of left and stuck in this situation. So. Ugh. We're with you, John. We are with you. All right. Let's get to a voicemail to kick this thing off. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's Gene from Benita Springs, Florida. I'm just calling to talk about the J.J. Watt, Colin Kaepernick, issue about citizens of the year and i'm just going through the internet and seeing you know all these trump supporters just go crazy that colin kaepernick won citizen over the year over jj watt because jj watt donated 37 million to houston while they believe colin kaepernick has done nothing but disrespect our troops and protest the flag which again i highlight he is not doing that he has not done that he has never done that you know, you know, these people just want to stir up problems, continue stirring, stirring up problems. For what? I, you know, because you hate the guy? Which you have no idea why you're really hating the guy. You know, it, it's, just, it's so stupid. These are two good guys. Again, nothing against J.J. Watt because J.J. Watt did a great thing. He didn't do it to win Citizen of the Year. Colin Kaepernick didn't do what he did to win Citizen of the Year. But these people are making this into something it's not. Even family members on my fiance's side who are just perpetuating this crap and I'm going to have to sit next to them at Thanksgiving dinner without <laughs> wanting to bang my head against the wall. I, I'm just so tired, guys. I'm sorry about this rant. I, I just, I can't anymore. I, I can't. Like, I want to have hope and I want to just, you know, you know, keep fighting the good fight. But it's just like, it's so tiring. It's so tiring. All right, well, that's enough for today, guys. I uh, love the show, and uh, Brittany is the best part. Well, I love you too, Jesse. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. This, this is being perpetuated 
this entire goddamn kneeling flag troops jerk off a thon by people who want to I'm going to use the word again perpetuate this culture war that they have derived devised if you will because before this national anthem thing there was no this wasn't a touchstone issue in our culture respect for the flag People do respect our country. I think people appreciate our country. People of all stripes respect what we've got here. And the potential that we have as a country and what we should be striving toward. But it wasn't until the right gets a hold of something like this. The same people who who wear the flag as a fucking bandana or cut a hole in the neck of it and wear it like a poncho. These same assholes are the ones who are furthering this narrative well i i want to comment on people getting upset about gq having him be citizen of the year yeah i think tommy laren i didn't watch the video but i saw a headline where she said that the citizen of the year should have been the police yeah and <laughs> or the troops or something yeah the troops and the police yeah because that's the point of gq's citizen of the year yeah it's who do they usually choose a citizen of the year? I don't know. I didn't know GQ did a citizen yeah. of the year. Number one, I didn't know that they did it, so I'm not sure how important it is or how like relevant. Right. Uh, number two, do they usually choose like groups? Like, oh, firefighters. They're look. At, we need to shine a spotlight on firefighters because look at the great job they do. Or are they choosing celebrities? Right. Well, I, I don't know what their criteria is, but let, let me say this. If you do pick the cops, and then is the firefighter union going to be pissed off because you didn't pick them? It's not about... This is, again, more whataboutism. You know? Well, why not the troops if you pick the cops? Why not the troops? Let them pick who they pick. He did... He has done a lot to bring this conversation to the forefront. It is an important conversation that needs to be had that too many people are able to easily hide their head in the fucking sand and not pay attention to. Even with events like Ferguson, even with some of the the racial unrest that we've had, again, being ignored largely by the white community in America. So yeah, good for Colin Kaepernick. Good for him. Do I think his messaging is perfect? No, I don't. The socks with the cops that are pigs. That's, I don't think it's its to the right end. I don't think it's going to accomplish what he thinks it's going to accomplish. Him wearing fucking Cuba's great shirts or whatever the fuck he was doing. Not in, I'm not in agreement with that. But you know what? I don't have to agree with every goddamn thing that he says or does to agree with his overall message and what he's trying to accomplish. I can be an ally without being his publicist and having to fucking rah, rah, rah everything he does because I'm a human being with a mind that functions independent and I can fucking figure things out. Apparently, Tommy Laren can't and idiots like her. And on the J.J. Watt thing, one, one slight correction. He didn't donate... He raised that much money that was donated, and good for him for hurricane relief. I think he started a GoFundMe page, tried to raise $250,000, and all of a sudden it was millions. So good for him. 
And like like he said, Gene said, he wasn't doing it for that reason. It's not like, ah, oh, I'm gonna if I raise this much money, I'm gonna be citizen of the year for GQ, who he may not have known either that they did that. So thanks for the call, Gene. We appreciate it very much. Listen, last time on the show, we talked about Louis C.K. and how there were new revelations of his sexual assault of women. And we got a couple calls about it. And here they are. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. It is Mark, the mailman from Elmhurst, Illinois. Long time no talk. Um, Just wanted to call in and talk about Louis C.K. for a minute. Um... I read the same article that Brittany was referencing in the last episode, the uh, New York Times article. And when I saw the headline, I said, oh, shit, not Louie, because he is my favorite comedian, him, David Cross, the only two comedians I've ever paid to see live. Absolutely love Louie. But I went on to read the article, and please correct me if I'm wrong. What it looks like to me is that he masturbated in front of women that gave him consent to do so. Um, I know there's a few different allegations, but it looks like uh, everything from everything I saw, it looks like that's what happened. He would, and I agree, it's creepy. It's a little perverted, but basically he would say, can I masturbate in front of you? Uh, All the women so far have said that they, said yes, and it was consensual, and then he proceeded to jerk off in front of them. Uh, Again, a little creepy, a little perverted, but consensual, uh, all adults. So I think we should just be a little concerned about conflating, and I know I have bias because I love Louis so much, but uh, conflating him with Kevin Spacey, who was sexually assaulting underage boys and putting his hand down their pants without their consent. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, obviously, a lot of egregious shit that he did. But from what it, from what I can tell, and maybe by the time you play this voicemail, um, there will be more stories and they'll, they'll be, you know, worse for Louis, more hardcore, whatever. But, um, yeah, it looks like it was consensual. And... I understand the issue that he was a person in power and that it's not okay for him to do that because, you know, these women maybe had a hard time saying no to him. So I understand that aspect of it, but I'm just reluctant to call him a sexual predator yet, at least. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Bye-bye. So I think the, the key part to zoom in on with Mark's voicemail is the part where he said that he has bias because he loves Louie. So do you though. Right. And I had to check that bias and I actually had to check it again when he released his statement and I got feedback from different people and I really had to wrestle with that. We'll talk about it in a minute, but I think that Mark's bias influenced his reading of this article. For example, I agree. A fifth woman who was anonymous in this article, she didn't reveal her identity. She said that he repeatedly asked her if uh, he could masturbate in front of her and she went along with it. Okay. So sure. You could say that she consented because she went along with it. Okay. The other cases, no, unless you define consent as, 
hey, do you girls mind if I take out my dick and masturbate? And they start laughing because they think that it's Louis C.K. is making a funny joke when they're in the hotel room with him having a drink after the show and he's just being who he is. He's being a funny guy. Yeah. And then, oh my God, he takes out his dick and starts masturbating. Yeah. Did I read it wrong? Did he get naked? Yeah. He All starts, of a sudden, he's naked in a chair. starts taking his clothes off yeah. and is masturbating. And That's not consent. No, they yeah. didn't say, oh, yes, please. That sounds great. No. Who would think that would be great anyway? So God damn. the one instance where someone said that they went along with it, I think, is informing Mark's reading of the article where he then goes, oh, well, they all consented. No. Yeah. No. And like he said, maybe more things will come out. This was actually before Louis... Uh, released a statement where he said these stories are all true. Yeah. He hadn't answered. You know, like every every time this happens with Weinstein, with Kevin Spacey, um, we're finding out today with uh, Al Franken. And now I just got an alert about Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Goddamn. So, but, but I want to pause and say... I think I'm with you, Emma. I think I'm with you. Louis, uh, and pe- people have been saying this to me too, in defending his statements that, oh, well, he just didn't know this was wrong. And like now he's finally wrestling Come with on. this is wrong. The thing is, is he was asked months ago, maybe a year ago, when these things started getting more uh, popular, these these allegations. And he said, those are just rumors. I'm not even going to. Yeah. I'm I, not even going to address, address rumors. I'm not going to talk about that because that's just it's. He ultimately saying this is bullshit. I'm not going to talk about just uh, stories about me. Right. So if just six days ago he realized how much of a problem this was, when he was asked about it months ago, he would have been like, "Oh yeah, I did that." Is that was there a, was there a problem with That's me right. doing that? Because he would have thought there was nothing wrong with it. Right. Because now he learned, according to his statement, the harm that he re- truly inflicted on people by doing this. Right. And he didn't realize. The role of the power dynamic. And yeah, let's say if you steal something from a store and someone says, hey, did you did you take that without paying for it? If you didn't think it was wrong, you'd be like, well, yeah, yeah, I did. Is that OK? <laughs> well, of course you did. I did. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But you don't you you deny it if you know that it's wrong. Also, Louis C.K. with all his insight into the human condition and, Which and psychology, uh, the way that he's able to construct these jokes and about just life. And you're telling me that he didn't have a grasp on these things. He didn't yeah. have an understanding. He's able to write shows and create characters and, and demonstrate these power dynamics in his art, but he doesn't understand it in real life. No. Stupid. Ridiculous. Thanks for the call, Mark. We appreciate it. We have one more call on the Louis C.K. thing, and this is in reference to Kelly, who Brittany talked about, I believe, last episode when we were discussing this very thing. The first ever person to raise the issue of Louis C.K. having done this. On our show. Yes. Hi, uh, this is Kelly from New England. I'm also the uh, stand-up comedian who dropped a dime for Jesse on uh, Mr. C.K. And I was just wondering what you guys thought of his apology and the fact that he didn't actually apologize in the apology. And he's had months, because Tignataro, who's another stand-up comedian, has been bringing this up for a long time, and she, over the summer, brought this up. And he gaslighted everybody. He was like, I'm not going to contribute to the rumors. And it just seems kind of, uh, I'm sorry now that I got caught, rather than I'm sorry, because he's had many chances to come forward on this. 
um, and do we take him back? Is this going to be something pathological? I mean, I'm just really fascinated to know what you guys think of the apology and see, do, 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 do. Oh, and John Stewart and people like Kevin Spacey. By the way, Kevin Spacey, if you look at American Beauty, he won an Academy Award for, uh, for, for a movie where he pursued a 16-year-old. So I just kind of think that's a telling about Hollywood and the industry ideas of, of uh, those things. Yes, and John Stewart, do you think he knew? He was asked and he denied it. So I don't know. Um, love the show. Brit Brit, you're still the best part. And if you guys ever need an historian, you give me a call. I will happily be the I Doubt It With Dollar Moore historian because I'm currently a graduate student at UMass Boston. So, okay. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I think we need a comedian to make the show funny more than we need a historian. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, please help us. So I want to read a little bit of the statement. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's too long. So this is how it starts. I want to address the stories told to the New York Times by five women named Abby, Rebecca, Dana, Julia, who felt able to name themselves and one who did not. These stories are true. At the time, I said to myself that what I was doing was okay because I never showed a woman my dick without asking first, which is also true. But what I learned later in life, too late, is that when you have power over another person, asking them to look at your dick isn't a question. It's a predicament for them. The power I had over these women is that they admired me, and I wielded that power irresponsibly. I have been remorseful of my actions, and I've tried to learn from them and run from them. Now I'm aware of the extent of the impact of my actions. I learned yesterday the extent to which I left these women who admired me feeling badly about themselves and cautious around other men who would never have put them in that position. I also took advantage of the fact that I was widely admired in my and their community, which disabled them from sharing their story and brought hardship to them when they tried because people who looked up to me didn't want to hear it. I didn't think that I was doing any of that because my position allowed me not to think about it. There is nothing about this that I forgive myself for, and I have to reconcile it with who I am, which is nothing compared to the task I left them with. I wish I had reacted to their admiration of me by being a good example to them as a man and given them guidance as a comedian, including because I admired their work, obviously written by him and not someone else. Um, But I'm going to stop there. He's been criticized for this because he talks a lot about how much he's admired. You heard that a couple Mm -hmm. of times, how he was admired in the community. He says that he, I wouldn't criticize him for that though, because he is, he's, he's echoing the same criticisms that he's been given by even females. Like, look, he was looked up to, he's admired. He's just admitting to all of that. I don't think he's like, Oh, look at me. I was admired. You know, I don't think it's a braggadocious thing. He said, I have been remorseful of my actions. Rather, yeah. rather than... I apologize deeply. Right. It's just kind of a weird way to phrase that. I, I take issue with, well, a lot of his statement. And I think that one, like Kelly says, it's it's an, it's an a non-apology apology. Where he names them. He uses all of these techniques of emotional writing and evoking, tapping into what, what our psychology is as people. Because that's what he does for a living. It's, again, kind of the Brittany Page thing where, ah, you can't trust him. You can't trust an actor because 
They don't. You don't want that to be a thing, huh? Okay. I don't know. I don't want to make this. I don't want to make this a thing. But I think you're making a fair point because the first time I read this, I thought, okay, this is this is positive. And then I started to think about uh, like Harvey Weinstein's initial statement, where he admitted that he had done things wrong. That's what he did. When, yeah. by the way, yep. when the first uh, allegations came out. His statement said, yeah, I, I have done bad things. I mean, he also wrote about like taking on the NRA and yeah. raised in the 50s, like weird things, making excuses for it. But he also admitted guilt. So people were saying, wow, I mean, Louis actually coming out and admitting that he did this. Yeah. So that's shocking. No one's done that before. Well, no, Harvey Weinstein did that as well. Well, Louis C.K. had the... Uh he had the benefit of several apology statements leading up to his own to see what worked, what the public re- reaction was to it, and then tailoring his specifically, as my voice goes out, tailoring his specifically to to not make those same mistakes and build upon the successes of those uh, previous statements, like using the names, like using... Rather than have it be antiseptic language, like masturbating in front of women, he says, ah, my dick, I pulled my dick out. So he's making, he's using common language while also evoking emotion by naming the victims and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, look, I loved Louis C.K. But if you force yourself on a woman, it's fucking curtains. It's your dunzo in in my book, even if you're someone that I really, really looked up to. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, when I first read the statement, my initial reaction was, okay, this is positive. And then I posted the statement on social media and people started commenting and I was reading through all these different opinions. And we had a friend, uh, Ramey, who wrote a comment and said a lot of the similar things that you're touching on here, which is that this is his job is to write characters that have dialogue that really pulls at the heartstrings and this is what he does and so to act like he's not going to use those tools uh in his real life when he's in a predicament um it's disingenuous so i had to kind of come around to the fact that maybe this statement isn't as good as i thought it was originally and I, I don't know where to go from here. Like Kelly asked, is he going to be allowed back on the scene? Is he going to be forgiven? I don't know. And I don't know if it's up to us to decide that. I think that the women who were named in the article should be the ones maybe to initiate that conversation and, and talk about that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, can we still enjoy his comedy about masturbating? Well, you see it in a completely different light, that's for sure. Yeah, I I don't know. These are like really complicated questions that I have been grappling with ever since this news broke. And even his... his this thing has been the toughest for you of any of these. And you used to love Kevin Spacey, too. Not like... I, I just like American Beauty, even though Kelly just shit on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really like... No, I don't admire him like I do Louis C.K. That's what I'm saying. This yeah. Louis C.K. thing has been the most impactful to you. Yeah. No, I just... I, Even more than me. I felt like he was so profound. Yeah. And I, I'm just bummed that he's a dickhole. Uh, 
<laughs> he is a dickhole. But this this conversation surrounding will can we enjoy their art still? And I've been reading about his I Love You Daddy movie. And I don't know. Like he seems or, like Or as John John Oliver would call it, exhibit A if this ever goes to trial. Yeah. <laughs> The reviews are so weird reading about the story. It is as though he was writing this movie to like rub it in people's face of like, I'm a powerful man who got away with bad shit and I'm going to make a movie about powerful men in Hollywood getting away with bad shit. Yeah. And that just seems, I mean, this makes it all worse that that this is coinciding with the release of this creepy movie that he made. Which we thought it was creepy when it came out. One, because I have no love for Woody Allen, and he's kind of portrayed half-assed in this. Yeah. Which we'll never see, or, you know, it's not going to be released. So, anyway, thanks, Kelly. Thank you, uh, Mark. We appreciate your your thoughts on this. Let's move on. Listen, over the course of the last few episodes, a couple episodes, we, we played a, a, a voicemail from Sean in Virginia. And there was some lashback about uh, this very topic, sexual assault and what women are wearing and... Sean went through a thing where he talked about what is real and what is right, and there was a lot of pushback. Well, he has called back in to set the record straight. How y'all doing, Jesse and Brittany? Uh, This is Sean from Virginia again. Um, I was just calling just to clarify myself. I just was listening to the uh, memo and the email episode, and uh, I mostly listen to y'all when I'm at work, so sorry I'm a little bit behind. But um, I just wanted to clarify myself because after listening to y'all, you're absolutely right. I didn't articulate a damn thing. And uh, I sound kind of fucking stupid. So uh, with that being said, I just wanted to address this. So number one, thank you guys for not crucifying me. And y'all basically hit it on the head when y'all was trying to guess what I was trying to say. So just to clarify what I was saying, uh, n- number two. I don't care how much we try, we can create all the laws we want to, we can create all the public shame that we want to, but some of the ugliest things in mankind history, like killing, rape, discrimination, racism, it's never going to stop. As long as humans have the power to decide, it's never going to stop. So does that mean that we just don't do anything because it's not going to stop? No. What I was simply saying was we need to take precautions. So let's be very clear. All rapes do not happen because of what you're wearing. I understand the dynamic of it. I understand some men rape for power. Some men rape due to sexuality. Men rape for whatever damn reason they feel like it because it's Monday. Okay, I get that. That's not what I'm trying to say. Like the woman who ran the marathon, there was nothing this woman could have done. She just wanted to use the damn bathroom. I'm not referring to that. She was just in a bad time, a bad place at a bad time. Shit happens. Those situations, all you can do is pray to the Lord or pray to whoever you believe in and try your best. I'm referring to the rest of these situations where I was a cop. So I dealt with rape allegations monthly, weekly, daily. And what I'm telling y'all is there's a lot of stories that start with, I went to a bar, I started drinking, met this wonderful guy, 45 minutes later, I'm in his room at three in the morning. Does that give that man the right to touch her or rape her? No. Let me say again, no. But if can't nobody understand or see what the hell is wrong with this story that at any point you could have made a better decision in your life and we would not be talking right now, 
That's all I'm trying to say. I'm speaking to the ones who, baby girl, I'm sorry you got raped, but God damn it. We need to have some type of self-accountability, baby. You should never put yourself in these type of situations. You should never go home with a group of guys, seven of them, all y'all been drinking, and you're by yourself. Is it right that you should be able to? Yes. But reality, is they going to try to run a train on you? Probably. So all that's all I was trying to say. It had really nothing to do with the clothes. It was simply more of... I need women to start taking precautions and trying their best to keep themselves out of harm's way. It's not going to happen all the time. I get it. Men are terrible. They're fucking monsters. But there's a whole shitload to where you could have helped yourself. And this is not victim shaming. This is not victim blaming. This is simply saying, hey, can we make better decisions as a whole? That's all. And again, I'm sorry if I offended anybody with my last one. I'm sorry if I offended y'all this time. Uh, but again, Jesse and Brittany, thank you guys for not crucifying me. Also, love you guys. Brittany, you the best part. Jesse D, keep handling shit, though. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. I, I don't, other than maybe stylistic choices in what he said, I don't disagree with anything he said. We have to strike a balance here between never leaving our houses because of the dangers that exist and going to that apartment with seven dudes while you're drunk. There, there's a happy medium there. You know what I mean? So I get it. I understand what Sean's saying. I agree with Sean. Where it boils down is he's, I don't believe he is victim blaming or shaming. He's just saying, like for instance, if you have a daughter, you'll tell her not to do that because people are bad and bad shit might happen. Am I getting that? Am I what do you think? Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're picking up what he's putting down. Nice. Mm-hmm. That is always what we intend to do here. Mm-hmm. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Jexka. Jexka. Raised her pledge. Nice. And Brent. Brent. Is uh, our... Wait. <clears throat> Brent. Yeah. Thank you. You know what? I'm noticing I'm starting to get. Uh-oh. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's karma for bragging. <laughs> about your superhuman immune system? Yeah. My body heard me talk about what a champion I am for fighting off the illness. And they're like, oh, really? All right, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great immune systems of all time. Believe me. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> so listen, we are... In the final days here of needing your Thanksgiving, what you're thankful for submissions. Yeah. If you're not a voice memo person, then just call the goddamn number. 657-464-7609. One more time. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We are in desperate need to complete the kind of Thanksgiving episode, to complete 
the kind of Thanksgiving episode that we look forward to doing every year. So please help us out. Please do that this week. In the next couple days, I have to turn off the spot the the spigot at about the twenty first. So don't wait till the last minute because you're stressing me out. The other thing is the holidays are upon us, and if you're going to be doing some holiday shopping, think about using Amazon. And clicking through by going to dollamore.com slash Amazon, we get a little bit of your purchase as like a commission. You don't pay any more. And if you're going to spend your money there anyway, why not help your favorite show filled with news News. and ridiculous comment us? Again, dollamore.com slash Amazon. All right. Well... Last time on the show, we also played a, uh, we read an email. We read an email from Jay, and Jay took issue with uh, what he heard in the past. Uh, He believed that we always believed rape victims, and we... Okay, that's a, that is very poor phrasing on your part. Yeah, it is terrible. Uh, Please stop. He said that... (laughs) Well, I was trying to think about how he's transitioning. Jesus (laughs) Christ. I was trying to think about the transition to the next call. Okay. And we need to give more back. Okay. He said that... Wow. That... from his perspective, we have said that no matter what, an allegation needs to be believed. No matter what, we always believe an allegation. So, And we pushed back on that. You're right. It was very terrible fucking wording. As I should, Maybe I should host a podcast where I would be good at talking. Well, I just don't want the house to get firebombed yeah. is what I'm... <laughs> so, so, and we said, well, look, we don't always believe every single allegation. We use our brains like normal humans should. And just like Brittany suspected, we did get pushback on that. And here's a voicemail, someone asking some important questions about that very thing. Hey, guys. I, uh, I'm a fairly new listener to the show, and I'm responding to your comments about the uh, sexual allegations and how uh, you uh, aren't going to necessarily believe something on just one report. And I want to ask... Do you treat all other crimes that way? Or what crimes are ones where you are going to believe just one report and which ones are going to require multiple reports? Like, if you get told, hey, this person came up and punched me, are you going to say, oh, well, that probably didn't happen? Or, um, hey, this person robbed my house. Oh, well, that's only one time, so that probably didn't happen. Or are you going to believe those people? And why would you treat uh, any other crime differently? So this is a good question. Um, I think some of the discussion is getting lost, so I'm happy to readdress it. I think he's focusing on the number, and that's not necessarily the focus here. For example, if someone came forward and said, um, I have been raped, and here is my rape kit that I immediately went to the hospital and got, and here is the the evidence. Well, there we go. Problem solved, right? Um, if someone says, I was raped or sexually harassed or sexually assaulted, and they go to the media, and it's... Uh, it happened years ago, but they have messages from this person uh, apologizing, but not admitting it, but apologizing for some treatment or yeah. they have um, they told people 
the day it happened, the day after it happened, even though it was years ago. Contemporaneous and, account. Right. These things, I mean, you kind of have to weigh the evidence in these cases. Um, um, and that's just, just the way it is, I think. So when someone comes forward with one allegation and they don't seem to have those other elements verifying the case... Am I going to start calling for that person to be burned at the stake? Probably not. I'm probably going to view them as likely a sexual predator. Like I said with Kevin Spacey when the first allegation came in, um, I said, well, I'm going to wait to see how many more come out and kind of what the evidence is in those cases. Uh, But do I believe he's likely a sexual predator just with this one? Yeah, I do. Um, So it's more weighing the evidence behind the allegation rather than how many allegations there are. Right. Although when they start adding up and they are similar, that's... Yeah. That's pretty... Well, it, it, the, the smell test becomes stronger and stronger. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what... It, it's an individual thing. It's not, well, there was three cases against this guy and three cases against this guy. You have to look at them the same. No. Because each individual... It's all different. It's a tapestry. And you said something there that I want to talk about, and that's the burning at the stake thing. The, the reason I don't look at rape and don't... Like if someone's like, oh yeah, I had a bike out in front of my house and some guy fucking stole it. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, that's shitty. I believe that guy. It's easy to do that because if the guy gets caught for robbing the bike or gets accused of it, his life isn't fucking over. If someone is accused of rape, that is not stealing a bike. That's not just, oh, all crime is should be treated the same. No, it shouldn't. A crime that I believe should be considered a capital crime shouldn't be, the, be be treated the same as stealing a bike or stealing a candy bar or stealing a car or robbing your house. They are different because one puts an end to the life of someone. Their career is over. Their reputation is destroyed. And we want to make goddamn sure that in those instances of rape and murder, you know, serious, serious things that we're making the right decision. And I I find it weird that so many liberals who are all about true justice and and, and, and the falsely accused trying to get guys off death row and out of prison because they were falsely accused of crimes, but they're okay with fucking taking one person's word for a terrible crime like rape and ending someone's career and life as they know it. It's just a weird a weird division that's that's drawn with liberals who are supposed to be on the side of uh you know the falsely accused. Yeah, it is a weird inconsistency where there is that emphasis on you hear these stories about people going to jail for 20 years for a rape they didn't commit or yeah, whatever and the people who tend to post about those and care about them the most are liberals. Um are oftentimes the same people who are losing their shit justifiably, but losing their shit over these accusations of rape against these other pe- th- these people we're seeing today. Right, because on that issue of crime, uh, conservatives and Republicans tend to be the party that they're more hard on crime. Yeah. and Law and order, right. quote unquote. If you were to err on the side of jailing someone who's innocent, that is what they, they would err on, yeah. rather than releasing a guilty person. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So that is an interesting inconsistency that you you have noted there. And I appreciate the, the caller for allowing us to clarify this because I don't want someone to just think that, oh, it's the number and there's this certain threshold that it needs to meet based on the number yeah. alone. No. I mean, you have these Roy Moore cases coming out. And the Washington Post did a great job uh, fact-checking this and talking to people that knew the girls at the time and the girls talked to them and uh, things just start to add up. Yes. Well, listen, again, it's all about the nuance. We have, listen, you can hear a, a, a bevy of accusations against someone, one or two or however many, and you can come to a different conclusion than me based on the facts that you hear. And it doesn't make me wrong for coming to a different conclusion. It doesn't make you wrong. We don't know because no one was there. That's the problem with this. It is trying to analyze a thousand points of light that come together into a pinpoint to try to come to a conclusion. That is a ridiculously stupid metaphor, but that's all I got. <laughs> Good times. Thanks for the call, Jeff. Look, I hope... Um, I hope you you don't disagree too much, but that that is uh, that's my answer. So now let's get to we got a, uh, an email and a couple of more voicemails in response to Jay, the 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 the, the gentleman who wrote in and uh, accused us of of taking every accuser at their word, even uh, in cases of one accusation or three, all of them. We always uh, uh, believe any accusation that gets made. Um, which we still are waiting for evidence of that. But uh, until then, let's read a voicemail and a couple of emails. All right, let's read an email and a couple of voicemails. Okay, so before that, we got an email from Jill. Oh, yeah. And she said that we came off a little defensive with Jay. And I want to say 100% yes, that is true. And I... I want to say 95% yes, that is true. Okay, and... <laughs> In in that defensiveness, we failed to address the other points of his email uh, outside of his criticism of us um, just believing every single allegation no matter what. So luckily we have an audience that was like, hey, Dix, uh, you didn't address any of these other points. And they decided to write in and address the other points. All right. So this might seem like a pile on for Jay. I don't know. That is not that is not the goal here at all. But listeners called in. Many points he made resonated in some way, and they wanted to give feedback on those. So this is one of them from Raina. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, I just wanted to respond to Jay's email from the last show. I respect Jay's perspective and opinion, and obviously he is entitled to it. However, I absolutely refuse to be a rubber stamp for bullshit. It is true that we have a history of systematic racism in this country, which has significantly affected the African-American community. This point is one that cannot be refuted and still remain intellectually honest. However, that issue is separate from the issue of the abuse and mistreatment of women, which is equally systemic. The main problem I have with Jay's email is that it is so obviously lacking in nuance. I'm going to step out on a limb here, but I am pretty sure most of us can handle focus on more than one issue at a time. We can focus on the systemic racism that has affected people of color, particularly African-Americans, and have the much needed conversation about what we should do about the mistreatment of women. There is something going on in this country right now that is problematic. 
There is now a perspective that if someone doesn't share your views and opinions, then they are automatically the enemy. This is short-sighted and not productive on levels I do not have sufficient time or patience to explain. As an African-American woman, Brittany and Jesse have shown amazingly compassionate and tremendous empathy and sympathy to the plight of the African-American community. In fact, I would consider them friends of the African-American community. It is wholly inappropriate to criticize and antagonize people that are your allies. If Jay wants to be upset about the plight of African-Americans in this country, he should, and that is perfectly understandable. But be upset with the system that created and perpetuated systemic racism and sexism. Do not direct your animus toward those that are friends and allies of our community. Love the show. Brittany's the best part, but Jesse does a halfway decent job. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Oh, I love Raina. Yeah. That is good. Um, l- listen, I, I try to, to, to be empathetic in, in all cases. It's, I don't even take, uh, I, I don't even, you know, relative to, to, to rape accusations and believing them or not believing them. I, I take everything as its own piece. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not going to believe someone just because they're black, just because they're a woman. It's, I just, it's about people loving people and doing the right thing by people. And I don't want to make a mistake on someone who didn't rape, just like I don't want to make a mistake on someone who got raped. That's it. Anyway, thanks for the email, Raina. We appreciate it very much. Let's get to a couple of voicemails uh, in response to Jay's email. Hey, Jesse, Brittany. This is uh, Thomas from Kansas. Uh, This is the first time I've ever called in, and I love you guys' show. But that, that last episode with Jay's letter has completely and utterly pissed me off. So let me go ahead and try to make this short and sweet as humanly possible. For Jay to equate Kevin Spacey with Emmett fucking Till is offensive to me as a black man, is offensive to me as a man in an interracial relationship, is offensive to me as a grown-ass man. You cannot even put those two together. But I will go ahead and help Jay out one black man to another the entire the same system that protects donald trump roy moore is also the same system that protected kevin spacey and harvey weinstein and continues to protect r kelly's pedophile ass and bill cosby's rapist ass it's the same system it's money and it's power it has absolutely nothing to do with racial overtones or skeptics what happened to emmett till what happened in black wall street was a crime because it was based on false allegations made up during the time of Jim Crow and segregation. What is happening now is rich men of all stripes, of all racial components, of all political components being, you know, covered because they have money and power. You cannot possibly equate the two. And for Jay to do that is offensive. As an African-American, he should know better than that. Love the show. Both of you are the best part. Peace. Uh, thank you, Thomas. I don't know that I have much to add there. It's really not, not uh, my conversation to have, not my advice to give, not my lesson to teach. Uh, next up, Marvin, Long Beach. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning, Jesse. This is Marvin from Long Beach. I'm calling in on episode 354 and the email from Jay. 
Uh, Jay starts off and he says, you know, he he's heard you all say a few times in reference to uh, that you always jump on, you know, to believe the accuser, you know, regardless of anything else. And so I'll, so I'll say to that, uh, like, like, uh, you and Jesse said, uh, Brittany, uh, show the proof, uh, you know, do, you know, timestamp screenshot. Um, I, I, Hey, I'd like to listen to those episodes cause it's obviously there must be some episodes I missed, uh, so I can, I'd like to make that determination too. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you're saying that that's what they always say, uh, you know, um, just, just, so some, just give the proof. I, I'd like to be able to make that determination myself too. Another thing about, uh, the email, um, I think this is kind of foul to try to equate, uh, Brittany and, uh, Jesse, try to equate solely based on skin color that they think and or operate in similar fashion to people who would have picnics at a lynching. Just like the first uh, assertion of that they always say, show proof on that too. Um, show episodes or, 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 uh, you know, like I said, screen caps or screenshots, uh, with timestamps that, that has Jesse or Brittany speaking to anything like that. I just think that that was really a foul thing to do. Uh, cause you write, I don't know if you know, of the people with skin similar to you and how they, you know, had picnics and such. You, 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 you putting Jesse and Brittany into that same group. I think I just really think that that's foul. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Uh, again, this is Marvin in Long Beach. Uh, to you both, Brittany and uh, J- uh, Jesse, uh, I'm sorry about the loss of your friend. And uh, I wish you well. And I wish you safe travels as you travel to and from uh, Idaho to celebrate the life of your friend. Take care and be well. So sorry, I need a moment to kind of come out of my trance. Um. (laughs) As soon as Marvin's voice starts playing, Brittany Page gets this big smile on her face. It's just relaxing. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it nice? It's so soothing. It is. (laughs) I should have played my my lead-in music for him, my my Isaac Hayes Mm. music for him. I think it was Barry White, wasn't it? Barry White, yeah, Barry White. How dare you? <laughs> so, um, again, we appreciate uh, the 
all the callers who who called in and, and have her back on that. Um, I hope it's not a pile on on Jay. Like Jay said, we we did post the the email message in the listener discussion group, maybe even on the regular Facebook page. Um, to to just get get an idea. Look, we look at things a little differently. Everybody looks at something a little differently, and we wanted to make sure that we weren't uh, coming at this wrong. And I, I, in the end, I don't think we were. That is not a position I hold. And, um, you know, I didn't feel as attacked on the side of him equating us to being someone who would sit at a picnic while a lynching was going on. I, I didn't really get that. But if somebody did, then, you know, that's, that's what they got. So we appreciate the emails and the voicemails very much. I'm going to go rest my voice a little bit longer. Hopefully Brittany is not getting ill as she's in the middle of a show and saying that uh, karma is taking hold of her. One more time, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Dollamore.com slash Amazon. If you're going to do some holiday shopping, dollamore.com slash Patreon. If you're ready to take the leap and join the Patreon family, helping produce the show, helping move the conversation forward, episode by episode we love you guys we are happy to be back and we'll see you next time for britney page i am jesse dollimore and this has been i doubt cinderella cinderella night and day it's cinderella make the fire fix the breakfast wash the dishes do the mopping and the sweeping and the Busy.